While there are a host of federal laws and regulations with which employers must comply, many state and local jurisdictions have similar laws, some of which offer greater protections to employees. This can make understanding which laws apply to your business tricky. Welcome to HRpreneur, a podcast by ADP. This is Jim Duffy. Today we'll talk about areas in which your state and your local laws may have stricter rules than federal ones with Merrill Gutterman. Merrill works as counsel here at ADP. Merrill, as always, thanks so much for joining me. Hi, Jim. Happy to be here again. Thank you. So let's start. Employers often ask us about wage and hour laws, employment status, non-discrimination, leave, hiring, and even termination. Today, I thought we could address some frequently asked questions in the context of federal versus state laws. Sure, absolutely. Great. So my first question is, in addition to the federal minimum wage, my state and city have their own minimum wage laws. Which rate applies? We actually get this question quite a bit, Jim. So the rule of thumb is if more than one minimum wage rate applies, then you should be complying with the rate that's most generous to the employee. So, for example, if the state minimum wage is $10 an hour and the local minimum wage is $11 per hour, then the employer should be paying their non-exempt employee who works in that city at least $11 per hour since it's the higher rate as compared to the state minimum wage of $10 an hour and the federal minimum wage of $7.25 per hour. And also, if the business is located in one state but has employees, such as remote workers, for example, who work in another jurisdiction, then the minimum wage in the location where the employee works is generally the one that applies. So to help coordinate all that, I would recommend that employers make sure they're checking with their state and their local law to ensure compliance. Okay. So in addition to minimum wage, employers must pay non-exempt employees overtime when it's due. Do state overtime rules differ from federal ones? So they might. Um, Under federal law, employers have to pay non-exempt employees one and a half times their regular rate of pay for all hours worked over 40 in a work week. But there are some states that require overtime pay in additional circumstances and also at different rates. Um, For example, in California, California requires employers to pay non-exempt employees one and a half times their regular rate of pay for hours worked over eight in a work day and over 40 in a work week, and for the first eight hours of work performed on the seventh consecutive work day in a single work week. And then California also requires double pay for all hours worked over 12 in a work day and over eight on the seventh consecutive work day in a work week. Again, I'd recommend that employers check their state law to ensure compliance. So, Merrill, the FLSA allows for exemptions from these overtime and minimum wage requirements for certain employees. Are state criteria for exemption harder to meet than the federal criteria? They can be. It really all depends on the state. Um, Sometimes the exemption criteria is harder to meet at the state level, um, at the federal level under the FLSA to be considered exempt from minimum wage and overtime requirements. To meet certain exemptions, employers need to satisfy three tests. So their employees need to make sure that they're meeting the salary level test, the salary basis test, and the duties test. So essentially that means the employee needs to earn a set salary of at least $684 for every week they perform work. And the employee's primary duties also have to meet certain criteria On the other hand, certain states may have their own criteria, and those could be harder to meet, such as requiring a higher salary threshold or a higher level of duties um, and the duties requirements. 
So on the topic of pay, we're often asked whether deductions from pay are permissible. How might state law differ from federal law here? Under the FLSA, which governs federal law, employers may generally make deductions from non-exempt employees' pay for uniforms, for tools, equipment, damages to company property, or theft, provided that the deduction doesn't reduce their pay below the minimum wage or cut into any overtime pay. But a number of states restrict employers from making deductions from non-exempt employees' pay regardless of the reason. So, Merrill, do state final pay rules differ from federal law? Well, under federal law, final pay is generally due by the next regular payday, but many states require final pay sooner than that. Um, in some states, this time frame differs depending on whether the employee initiates separation or the employer initiates separation. So California, for example, requires final pay immediately for involuntary terminations. Um, for voluntary terminations, the state requires final pay within 72 hours. However, if the employee had provided at least 72 hours of notice, then final pay is due on the employee's last day of work. So keep in mind that depending on your state and your policy, you also may be required to include any accrued, unused vacation, or paid time off in that final pay. All right. So, Merrill, one last question about wage and hour. Uh, are meal periods required by federal or state law? Well, under federal law, there's generally no requirement for employers to provide meal periods or rest breaks, but if an employer does offer them, then there are rules that employers need to follow. So, for example, the FLSA generally requires that rest breaks, which are defined as any period lasting 20 minutes or less, those need to be paid. Um, meal periods generally have to be paid unless they last at least 30 minutes, and in that 30 minutes, the employee has to be free from any disruption and the employee has to be fully relieved of all their duties for the purposes of eating regular meals. Um, that said, there are a number of states that require employers to provide meal periods and rest breaks, and those states have rules on when and how these breaks have to be provided. Um, and then in some states like California, there's a requirement for a one-hour premium pay if the employer is failing to meet break requirements. Again, I'd recommend employers check their state law for additional guidance. Okay. Uh, my next question is about employment status. How do state tests for independent contractors differ from federal ones? So under federal law, different tests are used to determine whether a worker is covered by a particular law or benefit. Uh, for example, to determine whether an individual is considered an employee or an independent contractor for federal tax purposes, you would use the IRS common law test. Um, and then to determine whether they're covered by the FLSA, you would use the DOL economic realities test. And each of these tests requires that you look at numerous factors to ultimately determine how much control the business has over the worker. Um, states may have different tests, and those tests can be more difficult to satisfy when you're trying to assess control. Some state tests require that all of their criteria are met, so, for example, several states apply what's known as the ABC test, um, and that's where a worker is presumed to be an employee unless the employer can show that that worker meets all three of these factors. They need to be free from control or direction over their work. 
their services need to be outside the usual course of the business, and the worker is customarily engaged in an independently established trade, occupation, profession, or business. So you have to make sure that you're applying the right test to determine whether that worker is an independent contractor or an employee. So moving on to non-discrimination, how do state non-discrimination rules differ from federal law? Well, federal non-discrimination laws prohibit discrimination on a number of characteristics, and those include sex, age, disability, race, color, religion, genetic information, pregnancy, veteran status, and national origin. And then there are many states and local jurisdictions that have their own non-discrimination laws, and those laws often offer greater protection for workers and offer more protections, um, including protections on the basis of gender identity or sexual orientation, um, marital and family status, reproductive health decisions, sometimes political affiliation and credit history, um, just to name a few. And some of these state and local laws also cover smaller employers. So again, you've got to make sure that you know all of the state and local non-discrimination laws that apply to your employees as well as the federal law. So Mara, another hot topic is the questions around paid sick leave. So is paid sick leave required by law? Well, federal law generally doesn't require employers to provide paid sick leave to employees, but there are a number of states and local jurisdictions that do have laws in place. In fact, over 30 jurisdictions have some sort of paid sick leave law. So you want to make sure that, again, you are checking with your state and local laws for compliance. All right. So let's turn to hiring now. Does state law regulate application questions? So many states have laws that restrict employers from asking an applicant about their criminal background on application forms, and some go even farther restricting these types of questions until after the employer makes a conditional job offer. These restrictions are typically known as ban-the-box laws. Under federal law, the EEOC, or the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, recommends employers avoid asking for this information on an application form, and if and when employers do ask about convictions later in the selection process, then those inquiries should be job-related and consistent with business necessity. Um, separately, apart from that, there are a number of jurisdictions that have enacted laws that generally prohibit employers from asking about an applicant's salary history and also prohibit an employer from basing any pay decisions on that pay history as well. Thank you, Meryl. You've covered a tremendous amount of ground here, and clearly there's a lot to unpack. Uh, you covered the questions regarding the differences between state and local laws compared to federal laws, and it's clear there are many. So remember, where these laws conflict, the law most generous to the employee generally applies. So make sure you understand which laws apply to your employees and implement policies and practices accordingly. On behalf of the HRpreneur team, thank you so much for joining us. Take care.